Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, August 4th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us for this Friday and our last show uh, for... Until the 15th, we'll be back on the air on August 15th due to the fair. And then on Monday, we'll be filming EPAC All Access. Monday the 14th, we'll be filming EPAC All Access at Spring Mills. They have a middle-of-the-day practice, uh, so no show that day. And uh, Nick, I guess this is the day where we reminisce on our two years on the air coming up on Wednesday. How's it been two years? Well, over time, you know, there's 24 hours in the day, and then time continues, and then we've had, you know whatever 365 times two is for the amount of days on the air yeah that that is true uh it just doesn't feel like it's been two years that we've been on the air here on talk rated wr and r and tv 10 uh but uh let's get into some epac football we get the news this morning martinsburg uh offense and defensive lineman rashad reed has announced his verbal commitment to elon university uh, that he announced just a couple hours ago on his Twitter account. Uh, we knew that that was, I believe, his first Division One full scholarship offer, or at least his first full scholarship offer. I'm not sure if it's Division One. I. I believe it was the uh, Division One full scholarship in that you're correct in that aspect. So congratulations to him on the opportunity, uh, not only from Elon but from other schools as well that had offered him just not full ride. So. He picked Elon because of the full ride, so this kind of gets it out of the way now. He doesn't have to worry about that through the season and the offseason. He can concentrate 100% on the upcoming season for Martinsburg and being dominant on both sides of the ball, which is the expectation this year from him. Yeah, and again, it's a verbal commitment, so if something better comes along before signing day, he could potentially decommit and commit to a different school. But right now he's focused on, as he commits to Elon University, and uh, we'll talk to him in a couple weeks probably about that decision as well as you know getting ready for his senior season at Martinsburg when we head out to Martinsburg camp. We'll be out there Thursday, August 17th. Uh, we'll be out at, uh, as we kind of make mention here, as we make our rounds across uh, EPAC football camps. So we said Spring Mills Monday during the show the 14th. After, in the evening, we'll be down the road in Inwood at Musselman Tuesday uh, the 15th will be out in Charlestown at Washington camp. Last night we were at Jefferson camp in Shenandoah Junction. Uh, we were able to speak with two players and Coach Hunter. We learned a lot yesterday. Got to see some practice, some drills, uh, more of defensive lineman drill really oriented. Yesterday was what they were working on while we were at practice in a weird August evening. It's always windy in Shenandoah Junction. We thought rain was potentially co- was going to come, uh, but it was also like a breezy 72 degrees. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, I think um, my biggest takeaway from camp yesterday, just looking at Jefferson, is they're big. Yeah. 
Got a lot of big kids on that offense and def- defensive line that are coming back, and that might be something that helps them uh, potentially, you know, make a run this year toward who knows, even an EPAC title. I don't think they're going to necessarily contend with Martinsburg, but I think if you're going to narrow the gap between these two programs, uh, I think that could be an area where they maybe have a closer size to Martinsburg than, and that probably was kind of holding them back because we know they've had the skilled position kids that are, you know, top tier in the area, uh, or at least toward the top. Um, and, and a kid like Robinson, you know, he's going to be playing at WVU, obviously an elite athlete. I still think overall, you know, Martinsburg has probably more, but the fact that, you know, Jefferson's been really good the last two years, but just hasn't really been competitive with Martinsburg. Maybe this year they can get a closer outing, you know, something that's a little bit more uh, respectable between these two teams. But I mean, that's ultimately the one thing where I think they could really show improvement would be to be more competitive with a team like Martinsburg uh, because they've made back-to-back, you know, good playoff runs, uh, made it to the second round, you know, obviously go deeper in the playoffs would be another thing. But in order to do that, you're going to have to knock off some of the top teams in the state, whether that be the Bulldogs or, you know, the Highlanders of Huntington and, and some of these other teams that we know maybe had a little bit more size. Maybe that was the difference. I don't know exactly. Uh, but I think Jefferson's got good skill positions. They return a lot up front. They do lose a lot from last year in the skill position department. But I think Delgado coming in as a transfer, that will help them a lot in terms of trying to replace Evan Tool. So, I think they're going to be a pretty good team again this year. I'd probably pick them second right now just based off of everything that's coming back for them. And then three and four is kind of up for grabs, I think, after that. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked also talked with we talked with Rodrigo Delgado and we talked with Keyshawn Robinson. Keyshawn Robinson fresh off committing to verbally committing to WVU. He's ready for a strong senior season, whether it be on offense or in the defensive backfield. Um, you know, I think when we talked to Coach Hunter, he said it correctly. He said some of these young guys need to step up early in the season to get the focus off Robinson for him to be able to dominate because, excuse me, on the offensive side, you're probably going to see a lot of teams double Keyshawn Robinson so they don't get beat deep. Yeah, we know his speed is going to be an issue on that field, so if you can neutralize him as best as possible if your defense which obviously is going to be a tough task for any team that goes up against him but if you're able to do so I agree you're going to need those guys to step up like Rodrigo Delgado like a Rockwell like anybody else on that skill positions that we'll have to wait and see who they are because Powell's gone Fritz is gone Tool's gone now for this Jefferson team and we'll have to see as well Roper step up this season for Jefferson and how Harrich does at the quarterback spot now that he's got a season under his belt really being that quarterback one even though last year it wasn't the full season he was quarterback one but with that offensive and defensive line all returning this year I think that will definitely be a kind of quiet boost in a way for Jefferson because nobody always pays attention to that offensive or defensive line those are the guys that have to grind it out and just get it done on the field you never really truly pay attention to that other than during the game where oh no there's a sack 
on other holding. side of the ball or holding. Yeah, that, that's the only time that you really pay attention to them is mistakes on the offensive side or success on the defensive side. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, right? The linemen don't get enough love when they do do something good, but when they do something bad, everybody wants to criticize the offensive or defensive line. But um, I think that is an advantage that Jefferson could have this year over a lot of the teams in the EPAC, uh, knowing that they didn't lose anything up front. I think that's – I mean, you win high school football especially, but every level of football you live, you win in the trenches. So uh, I think that really will be – something that helps this team at least get back to where they have been and maybe even take a step further yeah and unless i'm wrong because i can't think of any others the two teams that we've already mentioned are the only two teams that i think are returning both sides and that's the top two teams that we think right now is martinsburg right so yeah uh but you know talk will be up there as well then yeah but talking with coach hunter i think he's expecting a lot more out of the quarterback position this year with a full off season of work and going into camp as the guy for dylan harris because last year and we mentioned this in the interview so stay tuned for i guess the, the week after next we'll get all these epac all accesses starting to come out um but he i think you know what i took from the interview is that he was really excited to see because when we talked to him last year on epac all access he didn't have a quarterback to tell us he didn't really have a depth chart of a quarterback to tell us who was going to be he was like your guess you're basically your guess is as good as mine as who's going to be our one starter because they hadn't had that final scrimmage yet when we talked to him and it initially didn't work out for them but the guy who played quarterback at the beginning of the season ended up getting a position that works better for him, and he's dominating at the defensive end spot, which we'll talk about in a moment. But, Herrick, I think this is a great offseason, you know, going into the camp where he's the guy, and he could, you could see the progression for him. Yeah, that first guy being Quentin Goins, who's now a defensive end and already has some offers to play college ball at that position. But I remember last year when we first went, and said, hey, Sammy Roberts is gone. Who's the quarterback? He wouldn't even give us names. Coach Hunter wouldn't. He said, so far we got three guys. I believe it was two one juniors freshman. and a sophomore. Or was it one freshman? I think it was one freshman. Yeah, so we didn't even get names. That That's how kind of uncertain it was. Uncertain it truly was or in pocket. I mean, they, they had a guy that they were like, yeah, he's probably going to be it, but we're not going to say it yet because we want to see how he's going to be in this scrimmage and then in week one and that eventually was Goins but then became Harwich and then for a little bit uh became why am I blanking on the name now Moses Talley yeah thank you didn't he kind of came into that Martinsburg he came into game the Martinsburg when Harwich game got when Harwich got hurt yeah. but and then back and forth depending on how things went but but it was really Harwich that kind of became that solidified QB1 and now he truly is yeah, I think that that is huge going into a camp knowing who your quarterback is. Because last year, they had the weapons. They had everybody ready. And, you know, had it been for us, they'd solidified that quarterback spot. I think they could have been better than what were they, seven and four? Seven and three, and eight, eight and seven, four. Seven, three, eight and four. So I think they could have been, had a potentially one more win and maybe even if you had your quarterback position solidified by the time you got to the playoffs, maybe even made it out of that second round, depending on who their opponent was. If they had gotten one more win in the regular season, maybe you weren't in with the opponents that you had in the playoffs. Obviously, things would have changed if they would have gotten another win and been 8-2 and two going into the postseason rather than where they were. But I think that, you know, 
another year in camp for these guys is definitely going to help them. Uh, but it should be a great season for the Jefferson Cougars. We'll have that EPAC All Access out in a couple of weeks, as I said. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think for Coach Hunter, he's much like this year where maybe his coaching staff wasn't because he's been coaching at Jefferson for a long time. And I think, you know, the coaching staff turnover eventually changes. But uh, again, this year he's got a true offense and defensive coordinator. So he was basically just like the surveyor, the overseer at practice, making sure every drill was run correctly and the guys were doing things correctly, not having to run the drills as a coach, which I think is obviously a great thing to do when you're coach. I mean, we saw that last year with an improving Spring Mills team with Josh Sims, uh, where he was just basically the surveyor, making sure everything was going right offense and defensively, where he could step in and be a coach, but he had coaches to coach the players. And obviously that, I think, helps going into a season when you've solidified an offense and defensive coordinator and you're, as a head coach, able to oversee both sides. Yeah, well, I think winning helps with that. You know, it's easier to get people to come out and coach or be a part of your program when you start winning consistently. And Jefferson's done that the last two years. So I think that definitely helps, you know, build kind of a culture or a program. Um, I think, though, for a second, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he can be better than he was last year because last year he was coming into a system, like we said, where everything else was already pretty much figured out, at least in terms of the skill positions. This year you lose the majority of those guys, so he's going to kind of have to be a leader for them and uh, get more production out of those younger guys that we don't already know about. I mean, we... We know Keyshawn Robinson's a talented player, obviously being D1, more though for his defensive accolades than his offensive accolades. Now he's a wide receiver one. And as you mentioned, you know, there was three other guys that were in that rotation. So he's their true wide receiver one now. There's no doubt about it. But then who's going to fill in those other spots? And Rodrigo Delgado comes over from Washington, but it's a new system for him. So I think Harrich really has to step up and, and, and in this role that he's in now, can he be as good because he's now going to be or even better than he was last year because he's the guy that has the experience in the system and uh, is kind of the, the quarterback coming back opposed to coming in with an offense that was already pretty well set up around him. Yeah, and when you look at the Jefferson schedule, we broke that down with head coach Craig Hunter on the show on the EPAC All Access interview that you'll hear in a couple of weeks. They're the only team, along with Spring Mills, that's able to start out the season with an EPAC matchup. They'll start out at Spring Mills uh, on Friday, August 25th. They'll go next week, the week after, week two, to Sharando on a Thursday. So that's a Thursday game, not a uh, Friday game. I believe Sharando and Virginia, they're still playing those Thursday games. I think it's... Because of the Labor Day, they try not to have anything on that weekend. I know when I was in high school in Virginia, they did that as well. Um, And then the next week, they have another odd day game. They'll host Spring Valley, which we talked to him about how that game came about. Uh, But uh, that's a Saturday, September 9th game. And then they'll have a bye week, week four. Week five, they go to Martinsburg. Week six, they host Hedgesville. Week seven, they're at South Hagerstown. Week eight. They're at Millbrook. Week 9, home against Musselman. Week 10, home against Clarksburg out of Maryland. And then they travel to Charlestown for the Jefferson County rivalry the final week of the season. When you look at the schedule, guys, 
It's basically a Jefferson schedule that we know, except for they've added a key in-state opponent in Spring Valley, which adds a lot to their schedule. And definitely, if they're able to snag out another win against them, will will be huge in the standings going into a game against Martinsburg. I think just overall, it's a tougher schedule than they've had in the past uh, with that addition of Spring Valley. And of course, they're still playing Charandos, so you know those. Really, you don't get, I think, a game that you can chalk up that we're looking at. They're not going to chalk any game up as a win. But I think when we're looking at it, until that South Hagerstown game is the only one that you would say on paper they should definitely win for certain. I would probably say that Clarksburg as well because right. Clarksburg, That's Maryland afterwards. is 0-10 last year. I don't know what the difference is they're going to be this year, but if they're 0-10 last year, I think you should chalk that up to yeah. an easy win. Right, but I'm saying before that, yeah. there's nothing really that you would say on paper they you know you would think that they win necessarily 100 i mean spring mills they should be maybe but spring young and up and coming i think it will be a tough game going to their place week one they beat hedgesville last year 54 to 7 right but, but hedgesville had a lot of injured guys at that point last year uh i don't think that that game is going to be as wide of a margin as it was last year yeah i would agree with that and then of course we know how tough spring valley martinsburg musselman all those teams are so it's it's not an easy schedule. There's really only two games that you think are probably going to be wins. Of course, Washington, you would think, would be a win, but Washington is a rivalry, and, and I think that game's usually closer than you initially expect. And it's at the end of the season. Washington's yeah. probably got everything together by that point. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So I think Jefferson has a tough schedule. I think, though, overall they have a lot of talent, and I don't yeah. want to take anything that they're not a tough team. Uh, so I think that they'll probably still find a way into the postseason and be one of the top seeds. Uh, but, you know, it's not an easy schedule at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. Final thoughts, Colin? I'm good. All right, let's hit this first break of the show. Sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, I guess we'll talk MLB, move the Nationals up there as well as we'll talk, I guess, Jack Flaherty all of a sudden became an ace in a trade to the Orioles. Plus, Otani hits his 40th home run of the season and has to hold back tears as the Angels lose last night. Thought about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR. TV time back in two minutes. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg plans to join us at this year's Berkeley County Youth Fair. Eight action-packed days of fun for the whole family. Awesome carnival rides and the best fair food around. 
Come support the area youth and see all of their hard work at the agricultural and livestock exhibits and shows. It's the ultimate fun this summer. Download the BCYF app today to stay up to date or follow us on Facebook. We can't wait to see you at the fair August 5th through the 12th. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your natitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here for this Friday, August 4th edition of the Sports Mix. Again, our last edition of the Sports Mix until August 15th. We'll be out next week due to the Berkeley County Youth Fair. We'll have live coverage on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube throughout, starting tonight, 6 p.m. until next Friday night at the the livestock auction next Friday night, correct, Colin? I believe that's what day. Oh is. yeah, it yeah. is. It's youth fair time, baby. <laughs> Nick back here cranking out some graphics. Yeah, oh, an intro. You'll best. hear you'll hear that voice on the intro for every day. Yeah. If you tune in, of course. Which you should. Which yeah, you should. What else do you have to do besides go to the fair? Tune in on TV Town. There you go. Our live coverage beginning tonight, 6 p.m. on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, but we will be out of the show until the 15th of August. Let's get into some baseball here as uh, we'll talk Orioles first as the Jack Flaherty's first start for the Orioles after the trade. Pretty good outing. Pretty good is an understatement. I'd yeah. say it was a tremendous outing by Jack Flaherty yesterday. Only gave up one run. Uh, had a ton of strikeouts, you know, it was really good out there on the mound for the Orioles. And uh, that's exactly what you need. I mean, I don't expect him to always be that good, but uh, I think there are a lot of things, you know, going in his favor coming to Baltimore. And uh, that was, you know, a really strong performance against the Toronto team. Orioles take three out of four. So I think that's a big story overall. The pitching was really good. Only gave up 18 hits in the series. So, um, you know, Hayes is heated up yesterday. Uh, Mountcastle's been heating up in the series, so I don't want him traded anymore. Good. And, uh, well, you can't really trade him now. Well, you could in the offseason. But, yeah. um, yeah, I think overall it was a great series for the Orioles, and Flaherty was great yesterday, and I was pretty impressed with what I was able to see and listen to on the radio. And, you know, excited to see how he does moving forward. Yeah, Nick Dillon and I were talking about it on the way to Morgantown. We weren't sure when we were going to see him 
start because um we were looking at the rotation and we're like all right he's in st louis just got traded are they gonna have him travel from st louis to toronto for the last game of the series an afternoon game where he's just meeting the team having to go out and start and then then travel back with baltimore to come home or do you just see him go straight to baltimore kind of settle in have a bullpen or two with somebody that's still in baltimore and maybe get a go here against the mets but no he gets the start yesterday and yeah it's a big success six innings four hits only one earned run eight strikeouts in the six innings and two walks i think one of those walks and one of those hits were to the first two batters of the game and after that i'm pretty sure he went 15 straight retired so definitely a success for him dylan's joining us from the news studio does it work does he know what he's doing from back there i think i do there we go we're so back the orioles have their ace colin nick again we're just we're so back we're so back it's jim palmer 2.0 i wouldn't go that far just yet he used to wear 22 when he was with the cardinals can't wear it here makes you think palmer but uh what was i i actually had something serious to say now i can't remember oh well, we knew Flaherty pretty much had to go, though, because of where it was in the rotation. It would have been Tyler Wells' spot. The only other option would have been to pitch Cole Irvin, uh, and they had pitched him in the game the night before. So, you know, once we – I mean, at that point, we already knew Flaherty was starting, but, you know, we kind of did our detective work and discovered that they really didn't have any other option besides Jack Flaherty. So, um I'm definitely excited about it. You know, we'll see if he can continue to be great the rest of the second half. Starting in July is good for the Cardinals. So I think this just continues to build on his momentum. And like I said before, they didn't really give up much to get him. So, you know, if you can get it, and I don't think if they decide to sign him long term, I think he might still have one more year of arbitration, at least according to his contract online. But that could be inaccurate, um, which would mean, you know, they could sign him to a long-term deal this offseason or he could still potentially become a free agent if they don't decide to go to arbitration with him but um you know i would think he's not going to be top dollar and the orioles aren't paying anybody right now anyway so i think he could be a long-term addition if he's able to continue to pitch well obviously yeah the o's have a weekend series against the mets who's starting for them on the mound tonight uh i think we looked yesterday i believe it's gibson but i'll quickly kramer yeah. Yeah, it should check. be Kramer. Okay. Gibson tomorrow. That's where Bradish Sunday. It's seven oh five games tonight and tomorrow one thirty five on Sunday. The, You're, the uh, celebrating the forty year anniversary of the nineteen eighty three World Series. Get your Eddie Murray bobblehead. Huh? So that was the last World Series they had? Yeah. Forty, 40 year years. anniversary. Hmm. Buck Showalter uh is making his return as well. That's also true. Yeah. So give him a standing O tonight. Standing me. O. All right. When's the last time? So it's 40 years ago the O's won the World Series? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, they it's, got only three been, of them. it's only been four years since the Nats won their first World Series. 13 years in existence as the Nationals. Congrats. I mean, the Expos existed and they didn't win anything during that time. And, still, I'm uh, giving you a slow uh, Three beats one still, right? Yes. Yeah, but you don't even know what that World Series was like. You weren't even thought I've seen of. the highlights. Cal Ripken made the catch for the final out. They beat the Phillies and Mike Schmidt in, I think, five games. All right. Well, uh, the Nats back in action tonight in Cincinnati taking on 
The Reds, it'll be a 640 first pitch. It's 410 tomorrow and 140 on Sunday. Corbin starting tonight against Ashcraft. And uh, comparable numbers on the season. Corbin with more losses, though, but seven wins. 7 and 11 to 507 ERA for Corbin. Ashcraft, 6 and 7 to 531 ERA. So I think that's a winnable game for the Nats if their offense can come alive and Corbin can have a quality start, which. He sometimes has, but then sometimes doesn't. They call him Pat Quality Start Corbin for a reason. He had a good streak of quality starts there for a little bit, but he's kind of fallen <laughs> off. You know, quality starts, you know, those get you nothing because it's not a win or a loss. It's just a quality start. Here's something for you. Do the Nationals continue a five-game home win streak tonight? They're not home. They're away. So no is the answer. Trick question. Why is that even in the preview then? Come on, ESPN. I don't know, but they're yeah, they are Cincinnati. Away, I literally said they're in Cincinnati to take on the Colin Reds. doesn't listen to you. Colin, one, doesn't listen, and two, just reads off whatever's there. I Unless I just had it flip. Maybe Tomorrow's the starter, home game TBD. Streak, they're on a three-game losing streak. Tomorrow's starter is TBD for the Nats. Trevor Williams is on the bereavement list. Not sure if he's coming off that or not, but that's a 4-10 uh, game time. And then Ir- Jake Irvin pitching on Sunday. It's a 1.40 p.m. start time for the Nats. It's TBD, TBD for the Reds. Tomorrow for the Reds, Abbott is going. Uh, but uh, all we'll have all those games for you on Talk Radio WRNR. Uh, 106.5 FM AM 740. Pre-game gets going from the Nats Radio Network 30 minutes prior to all those times. So 6.10 tonight. It'll be 3.40 tomorrow and 1.10 on Sunday. Uh, the hype continues for Dylan Cruz as he'll be in Fredericksburg for the single-A affiliate tomorrow to make his professional debut. Goes three for three yesterday, three runs scored. The hype for Dylan Cruz just continues. I think he can be up in the big leagues potentially as making the roster out of spring training next year, but that's obviously to be determined. But that's about all that's going for the Nationals right now is the fact that Dylan Cruz is making his professional debut. That's why the party's starting right now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, let's talk uh, in the national perspective of the MLB. Shohei Otani hits his 40th home run last night, but the Angels still lose. He holds back tears on the bench as they lose. Uh, he's obviously not resigned. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was holding back tears because he got injured with his finger or something. But he's got cramps. He had yeah, cramps. Maybe he's cramping really bad. I don't know. But, um,. Good to see that, you know, he hit that 40th home run, and Dylan and I were talking about this, and I guess Colin was back there too. Uh, you know, if, if Otani didn't play the rest of the season, would he still be AL MVP? And we think, yeah. Well, that's because I was trying to see who it was. I couldn't remember, but I saw it yesterday. If you bet on Otani to win American League MVP, congrats. You're already a winner, even though the MLB regular season isn't ended yet. I believe there's some sports books that are already paying people out because they think there's no chance that he's not going to win AL MVP. So they said, you know what, we'll be nice. We'll pay you out now. Well, here's his 40th home run. Uh, this is courtesy of the Angels broadcast. But he drives this one to right field. Back to watch it go. It's on. This is 40. His swing is just so beautiful. I just, how long do you think he can do this two-way thing? Forever. 
You think he can do it his whole career? I don't see why not. He's done it this long. It's not been too long. He's only 28. Yeah, but he was doing yeah, it he in was Japan before in, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, 28, it's another 10 plus years probably of doing it. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see as time goes by. Scherzer, in his first start with the Rangers yesterday, settles in. He ends up striking out nine. He had a horrible first inning, I believe. Three hits, three runs, and 37 pitches. He then strikes out nine over six innings. Um, obviously, he's he's an older he's an old vet here, but uh, he could potentially, if he settles in, be that guy that pushes the Rangers uh, to. Obviously, their window is shrunk if you're adding Scherzer, who's an older player. Yeah, I mean they have a more experienced team than a team like the Orioles. Obviously, I think they're going to be a tough team in the AL. The AL is very tough overall. Uh, besides, you know, whoever comes out of the Central, but you know, the wild card teams are going to be good. The Astros are obviously there. The Rangers, the Rays, if the Orioles or the Rays could still win the East, you know, anything could happen in the West as well. So, I think, uh, you know, the Rangers to me are probably the favorites of the in the AL, even though they're not the one seed right now. But I think overall, you would probably put them ahead of Baltimore, uh, but. You know, it's going to be a very tough playoff series, and I think there's a lot of great teams in the AL, and there's a lot of great teams in baseball. But you know, I'm I'm excited. I think the Rangers, obviously, getting Max Scherzer, if he can, uh, he's had kind of a tough season, but if he can get back to being the Max Scherzer of old, it puts be them huge. in a great position to make a run. And he's a playoff type guy that you know has that playoff experience, so that definitely helps the Rangers' chances. Yeah, with the Rangers adding him, and then for Houston adding Verlander I think it's going to be tough with the, their pitching rotations for a team like Baltimore to maybe get past them still because you don't know how that pitching rotation is going to be and even Tampa even though the O's have been doing well against them during the regular season you still think on paper Tampa is probably the better team so out of those four I, I think it's going to be one of those four the, teams the way the out A's of the played recently I think the Orioles yes they've been struggling team. but it's still going to come down to one of those four teams. Baltimore, Tampa, Houston, Texas. Uh, yeah, is there one other? Or am I... I, I don't see any others coming out of the AL. I guess maybe Toronto if they get in. Yeah. Could Did you guys see who's back in the big leagues, pitching-wise? I'm not certain who you're referring to. The 2015 Cy Young winner, Dallas Keuchel. I did not see that. His contract got selected yesterday. He signed a minor league deal with the Twins. His contract selected the other day. I guess he had triggered an opt-out in his minor league deal two days ago because he was pitching so well, he thought maybe he could get – he could if he opted out, he could get picked up on somebody's 40-man roster and come right up to the majors. Well, I guess they opened a spot on the roster they placed right-hander joe ryan on the 15-day dl with a left groin strain while righty jose de leon was transferred to the 60-day dl keiko 35 is looking to bounce back from a rough stretch in the big leagues the previous two years uh, i believe down in the minors his triple a starts he's had a 1.13 era in the last month yeah i mean i haven't heard the name dallas keiko in quite some time yeah, I just I saw that on ESPN. Uh, pretty interesting. He was but, with the White Sox for a bit, and it didn't work out. And then I don't know what happened to him. But I guess you just kind of ran it down. So yeah, I'd be interested to see though. They said he was a starter 
in the minors. I would hope so. But are they going to pull him out of the bullpen in the majors because he's not listed as a projected starter for the weekend? So it's kind of so interesting. He went to the Twins. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he they're fighting for a, a division. So yeah, I mean they're a playoff team right now. So I, mean, I just—he's not listed this weekend as a starter. I just went through the weekend, so it'd be interested to see if they'll use him out of the bullpen. That or, could make some sense. Or because he triggered the opt out, they had a guy go on the IL. They pulled him up for a start like Monday or Tuesday. Right, that could be an option as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he's going to come out of the bullpen or not. But I saw that and I was like, I haven't heard Dallas Keuchel in a few years. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Arsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, you can get your trigger grills at Arsini's at 360 Hack Wilson Way or online at Arsini's.com. We'll be back for another segment of the Sports Mix after this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call my parents. Dad, come over. The first gets done. The Traeger Connected Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor. And then some. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. The Joint Commission, in conjunction with the American Stroke Association, recently awarded WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center advanced recertification as a primary stroke center, which signifies WVU Medicine's dedication to fostering better outcomes for patients and demonstrates that our program continues to meet critical elements to improving outcomes for stroke patients. WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center is committed to providing patients the highest quality stroke care in the region. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Tried, good play all the way around. Scoring chances are 8-4 Vegas, but here is Kuznetsov feeding one to Wilson. He scores! Yes, who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. Yes, who's back? Yes, who's back? 
Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Tom Wilson signs a seven-year extension, I'd say, with the Caps through 2030-31. Uh, so 30-31 is when his contract will expire after that 30-31 season. Uh, that's a long contract for a 29-year-old. That keeps him essentially till he's 37-38. Yeah, he's a cap for life. Uh, yeah. They have to pay him, but for everybody else in the NHL, he lives in their heads rent-free. That he does, especially if you're the New York Rangers. Or the Penguins. Yeah. Will Tom Wilson spend more of that time, or how long of those seven years will Tom Wilson spend in the penalty box? I or thought suspended. you were going to say suspended. suspended yeah. I feel like he's lowered his suspensions, though. Yes. I think he's made smarter moves. He does spend a lot more, a lot of time in the penalty box, though. Seven year you need 40, a guy like that, I guess. Yeah, seven year, forty five point five million dollar contract this or this morning. He signs at a deal that keeps him from hitting free agency next summer. So you get the deal done. He was first eligible for an extension a month ago on July first. So just a month and three days, they get that deal done. They hold him down. There's only two players in any DC franchise that'll be guaranteed that has a contract guaranteed through the twenty thirty thirty one season. You know who those two players are? One's obviously Tom Wilson. You know who the other one is? Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> no. It is Cabert Ruiz who signed that extension uh, to stay with the Nats. But the uh, deal keeps him again from hitting free agency next summer. He will count $6.5 million against the salary cap from the time the new contract kicks in till the 2024 season. Through the t- so that's what he's going to get, but the annual value's there. It's not too much. He doesn't get fifty plus million dollar contract. That helps them for being able to sign guys later on because whatever they had Ovechkin signed for that mega deal, and then you had Backstrom, it was just kind of hard to sign players. And I think that that's a team friendly deal for a guy that wants to f- continue his and finish his career as a cap. Yeah, it's a team-friendly deal, and I like it and I don't like it at the same time. And I'll start with the don't-like side and then get into the side of why I like it. I don't like it because I've been saying time and time again since the Cup, the Caps have been getting older. And as you said, Tom Wilson, 29, he's going to keep getting older throughout the seven years. And I feel like the Caps need to get younger if you want them to get back into being a contender for a Cup, a team that isn't getting knocked out of the playoffs in the first round or this past season, missing the playoffs completely. The reason why I like it is because I have been a huge fan of Tom Wilson. I want him to stay a capital because I feel like he's an enforcer you need, a leader you need, and for the next seven years, you'll have him. And probably for Ovechkin and for Backstrom, you probably only have him two or three more years. So once they're unfortunately done in their careers, I think the next guy to lead the team and maybe wear that captain on his jersey is Tom Wilson. Yeah, I think that's kind of it is. They said, you know what, we're going to keep you, and you'll be our captain once Ovechkin retires. But Ovechkin's there through, I believe, the 2027-2028 season as he signed a five-year contract last May, or this May, right? Or last May, 2021. No, it's 2026 is, excuse me, what it is. I was reading the date, but it's that – when he signed that 13-year, $124 million deal, that's kind of what has kept the Caps from being able to sign a lot of guys yeah. in those in those years. That's why they didn't really make a cup run until 2019. Or 2018, excuse me. 
Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. See if the Evgeny Kuznetsov situation uh, gets better, as he did come out and say not all of the trade rumors were true. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But we've got to hit the last break of the day. The segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the side of this break. We'll wrap things up. We have potential breaking news here from ESPN, a developing story that's kind of developed the last 12 or so hours. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. One of the questions lawyers get asked the most is, what is my case worth? I'm Stephen Skinner, and this is my brother Andrew with Skinner Accident and Injury Lawyers. The truth is, it's very difficult for a lawyer to pinpoint a number because every case is different. We get to know each situation and we'll give you an idea of what your case is worth and why. The sooner we get involved, the better we can do getting you the compensation you deserve. Google Skinner Lawyers or go to SkinnerWins.com. We'll treat you like family. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and DV10, brought to you in part by the Mary's Group of Ameri Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343 as we begin to wrap things up here. About five or so minutes left on today's edition of the Sports Mix. ESPN putting out a notification just about four minutes ago. Developing story, Big Ten expects. Former offers to Oregon and Washington, an approval vote is likely to be unanimous per Pete Thamel. But then we get a, an update from um, Pat Ford, Sports Illustrated writer, very highly accredited Sports Illustrated author. 
He says, two minutes ago, update per sources, Oregon and Washington haven't formally applied yet for membership in the Big Ten, which has to be done before they can be formally accepted. But both of those things are expected to occur in short order. It is happening, though, which is a change from kind of what we all woke up to this morning, Nick. Yeah, it seemed like this morning that the Pac-12 was alive again and and they were going to maybe survive Arizona wasn't supposedly going to the Big 12 anymore, and, and this had kind of died down. So, well, I think it was more of Arizona wasn't going to go to the Big 12, and because they weren't going to the Big 12, Oregon and Washington were like, well, if they're going to stay, let's stay. Let's keep the Pac-12 alive. But tones have changed in hours. Yeah, and, and with Oregon and Washington leaving, I mean, you look at the Pac-12, USC, UCLA have already left for the Big 10 those are two of the big programs there that were pretty much keeping it alive. And then Washington and Oregon are the next two big football programs keeping it alive. So if they're gone, then, I mean, at this point, Colorado's gone, but Colorado's not a big football program uh, yet. I'm not. Coach Prime's going to hear you and come after you. I don't think Coach Prime's going to be there very long, but we'll see. Um, Arizona, you know, would probably be now the, the next big program after that. Arizona's not known for football so i mean what's left in the pac-12 is washington state like like oregon state like nothing is there so those teams are going to leave ultimately college football is heading into a place that i really don't want to see uh the power four location not even that i mean it's gonna be won't matter yeah it's gonna be two conferences that are the big conferences and that's the sec and the big 10 the Big 12 will exist as like this third middle conference in between the... And the only way they stay relevant is if they can peel off a couple more Pac-12 schools like yeah. Arizona, maybe Arizona State, and then once the ACC falls, if you I mean, can grab but even people. All the ACC needs to leave is Florida State and Clemson because they're mm-hmm. the two big football programs there. I mean, And they're going to go SEC. Probably, and then like Pitt will join the Big 10 or something, and or who knows, they might go Big 12. But... It's going to be, like I said, two major conferences that are going to get all the postseason bids, and then you're going to see the Big 12 kind of exist as like this middle pack, and then there's going to be the Marshalls group of, of the five. world group of five, uh, which I don't know how many will still survive out group of that. Group of seven. Yeah. <laughs> It'll become its own thing. Who knows? But, I mean, it's... At that it's point, it's, it's, it's not a great time. I mean... At that point, why don't you make the college football playoff two separate things? Why not just get rid of college football and make it the minor leagues? Because that's what it's turned into anyway. They're paying everybody. I mean, what was it? We heard that the few big schools in the SEC and USC, UCLA wanted to just leave the NCAA and form its own thing, right? (laughs) I would not be surprised if that comes back and actually happens now. And what stinks is this is affecting every sport. You know, people don't think about it necessarily, but, you know, basketball is getting it too and it's like how are you gonna determine a tournament i mean it's a little bit less because there's way more conferences but like how many bids from the ncaa tournament are going to come from the big 10 and the sec in a few years yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how this all shapes out i assume 
it potentially will be shaked. Everything will have happened by the time we come back on the air. We won't be back on the air for the, another edition of the Sports Mix until August 15th. Until then, tune in to our Youth Fair coverage on TV10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Bui saying so long. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday, August 15th. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Proud to support our local community and bring you the latest local news, local weather, and local sports. Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Bowling Waters.